0: The road to consciousness. We will figure out what consciousness is and how it works. This is one of the biggest mysteries in human history, how we can have such a seamless stream of a rich subjective experience of life, where a lot of the data points that there is physical workings of the brain, which are electrical signals and chemical exchanges. We don't understand the, the step function to that experience that we have. The way we're going to go about it is classifying a whole bunch of things that we know from a whole range of disciplines. Hopefully they are pieces to the puzzle and they can point us in a direction where we can make some claims that are knowledge. We have enough evidence and enough belief that we can say that with confidence that this is how it is. And then assumptions, which we don't have as much confidence in the data or multiple theories. But if we don't make assumptions... We will probably end up going around in circles, which is very easy to do when you start talking about consciousness and the mind body problem and self. So we're gonna try and avoid that. Today we're gonna talk about emotions and feelings. We're gonna use them interchangeably, but I mean technically emotions are more the physical chemistry of the neurotransmitters between the the neurons and the way that they bind with the with that release of The chemicals that then lead to the step function of the experience of the feeling the thing that we really ingrainly sense and it's very similar to consciousness consciousness is something that we just we have we experience it there's no easy way to qualify or quantify it just something that is, is a part of us when these feelings are triggered some of them are stronger than others it also feels it's just a part of us like It's just something i mean i'm trying to avoid the term experience but there's no easy other way to to look at it it's such an ingrained sensation we could call it but then that's like the senses perception the stages of of previous consciousness so avoiding that term as well these feelings they can be strong they can be maybe not strong are really tied to multiple different areas which plays a bigger role than we think what I mean by that is when we replay memories, when we put memories back into our conscious, like a conscious thought from previously, it's always tied and the significance of the feeling and the emotion is how strongly it's replayed. And then we, we feel it, we experience it again. And then when we think of future scenarios, which our brain and especially our mind are geared towards doing with consciousness, consciousness, Actually, mainly it's our mind. Consciousness is more of an active state. We use our mind to then think about the future. We also tie normally a feeling to it. How are we potentially going to feel? Is it going to be good for us? And sometimes feelings are directly tied to whether something is good or bad. That pleasure and pain pain principle of evolution, our brains are geared towards moving us towards pleasure and avoiding pain. This is the crux of survival. If we do more pleasurable things, the theory is we're going to stay alive for longer and it's going to be good for us. We just so happen to evolve that we have such a deep, rich experience of that feeling that it affects us. It affects our consciousness. Uh, It gives us so much pleasure or or it can be super painful. And so feelings are a fundamental part of our conscious experience. They evolved together together and they play a very key role for what our consciousness and how it works even in terms of things like the day-to-day consciousness that's not necessarily our minds when we see something we're seeing a whole bunch of objects we're interpreting our surrounding and our environment we're applying it to ourselves, but there is a small element of feeling involved in it now it might not be a big element for instance you know i'm looking at a table I might not feel overly happy or sad or (laughs) there might not be a big feeling but i think there's still a small small feeling that i do have continuously with consciousness it's when an event happens that has some bigger significant significance that that feeling is amplified so i'm making the assumption that feelings are, are just a continuous part of our consciousness they evolve, it evolve, they evolve together with our consciousness. It's just a more of a degree. And it actually helps us understand what we're conscious about and what it means for us. So the step function between experience and meaning for the stages of consciousness, the feeling really helps us gauge that. Do we feel good about it? Do we feel bad about it? Are we maybe even indifferent? I think indifferent is still a feeling. <laughs> there could be a null case here where no feeling is a feeling. So that really helps us apply meaning to what is happening in our lives and each event we apply a meaning to some of them we store as memories if they're significant meanings some of them we don't store maybe they're indifferent and not significant Uh, some of them we experience in the moment for instance when you see someone you love right that feeling comes to you you feel it and the ability to apply that experience and give it meaning allows you to then make a decision. Like the way that you would interact with that person is going to be completely different to someone that that you are an associate with or a co-worker. So the feelings give us that significance of life and help us with the meaning. And it's very closely tied to consciousness it evolved i assume in the same manner as consciousness where feelings happen in our mind not necessarily our brain we understand that the hypothalamus regulates our endocrine system the amygdala is repa- is is part of our emotional center so the interplay between amygdala and hippocampus like memory and feelings are, are linked and the hypothalamus And I would assume the memories that are stored in more of the cortexes of the brain that all interplay (laughs) of the nuclei and how they communicate with each other is a continuous stream of experience and feeling. That is the assumption that we're going to make and I I would like to try and understand more about feelings in a cross-cutting sense. For instance, if we try and take the example of love, when you see someone, you know, there are elements, obviously you take in light, you take in the electromagnetic waves. It goes through the thalamus, some is rerouted to uh, different lobes. Uh, different centers of the brain it hits the occipital lobe in terms of the vision it goes through the primary eye fields uh, you know it stitches it all together from the sensation to the perception part and then when we have that experience our mental our mental realm doesn't even kick in i don't we don't necessarily think about that person we just know who that is <laughs> i'm not sure i maybe i maybe i'm decoupling something that's not decoupled I don't know if we get an image of that person in our brain if they're right there. Or we do, we just don't consciously have that image. Our brain stitches it all together and it gives us and gives us everything we know about that person in terms of what's significantly stored, which it could be your life partner, you know, it could be anyone that you love. And then everything that we have experienced about the person almost gets rolled up into one and we just know that we love them. We, It could be physiological, like hypothalamus could kick in and it could remi- re- release a whole bunch of neurochemicals and neurotransmitters that have a flow-on effect to our sympath- sympathetic nervous system and our heartbeat could increase. We could sweat even a little bit, right? So all of this is based on our previous data of that person but the feeling part is a very key component of the conscious understanding of meaning so even when we talk about something like beauty or aesthetics it's very subjective to the person it's also subjective to their background and their culture different cultures find different things beautiful different people find different things beautiful but it's not well understood which region of the brain is responsible for something like aesthetics. There is a step, obviously there's a step function, there are regions of the brains, it's a similar thing, it sees something visually and this is why I believe that the visual component of our evolution played a massive role in consciousness. We see something through our, our visual sense and then we just know whether it's beautiful or not, and which of the neurotransmitters, which of the uh, which of the neurons are firing, or which region of the brain, of the nuclei or the grey matter, is actually responsible for then giving us a sense of beauty. What is beauty? It's a feeling that we have towards certain things and objects or people, or it it doesn't matter. It could be beautiful to us, um, and we have that we have that ingrained experience um it's also a fascinating area but even for beauty it does trigger some feelings sure we experience the beauty but it it makes us feel something it makes us feel good it's that feeling that we're searching for and maybe it all comes down to that maybe consciousness basically evolved so that we have a stronger feeling about our environment we might be overcomplicating and going back to maybe consciousness is a byproduct of evolution to give us that enhanced, rich feeling of life and not just the experience. The experience is there for the feeling uh, of what it means to us. Maybe that's it. So it's definitely a possibility. <coughs> I'm not saying it's not. Um, It's something interesting to think about. If we can understand feelings, maybe we'd understand consciousness. Maybe they're a ramification of the same thing. I don't doubt that the step function, like, if we understand why we have a rich subjective experience, we probably understand how feelings come about. It could be vice versa. If we can understand how feelings come about, maybe that is the key to the rich subjective experience. Maybe that's all that matters (laughs) We are feeling machines. Uh, emotions are all about feelings. Our logical brain is, in, you know, with the prefrontal lobe, has then some power to. This is interesting. This has some power to take allow us to take a step back. If we followed our feelings, or maybe too much pleasure, it might not be good for us. <laughs> or too much pain. Uh, avoiding pain obviously is a, is is a big one for your uh, logical prefrontal cortex. Like nobody wants to be in pain. Maybe that is absolutely why it evolved. Like Learning, I think, is, is maybe the, the key here. We learn tied to emotion as well, tied to feelings. Our consciousness has an uncanny ability to learn what has happened and not or do it again with the same feeling, with the same experience, I should say. It's very interesting how we can replay events and have the same experience but just in our minds. <laughs> but yeah... I, I don't know if we've made any good assumptions. I think that one assumption that they work either hand in hand. Yeah, they work hand in hand. And maybe we're looking at it completely wrong. I was thinking about this. We're trying to understand what, how the brain goes to the mind. Maybe we work backwards. How, what if we tried to map the mind and consciousness to the brain? Because I can't, I can't, vi- I can't actually experience anything of the brain in my head right now. <laughs> Even if I tried but i can use visualization techniques to potentially alter my experience yeah so feelings 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 that's that's what we covered